Good afternoon, Kodo listeners. It is Thursday, just after 12 p.m., which means it's time for our weekly coronavirus update. I am joined in studio, masked by Christine Mahoney, Dr. Christine Mahoney, Medical Director of Primary Care at the Telluride Medical Center. Dr. Mahoney, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, As always, we will just start by handing the mic over to you for just any general updates or comments that you want to kick off this week's update with. Thanks. Um, So, uh, biggest news out there, and this, you know, everyone has heard about by now, is the new universal mask mandate for indoors in the county. Um, We, you know, it's not a big change for us at the medical center because we've been masked this entire time. Um, But, you know, certainly recognize that that's an impact on a lot of our community members Um, from our you know the medical side of things as we're seeing uh, more cases in the county uh, more people in our respiratory clinic we're certainly um, happy that this measure is um, being taken to help decrease transmission of this virus Um, go ahead oh well i mean i guess i was just curious you know from your all's perspective i guess um, well, I guess we know that wearing masks, it seems, has been proven to reduce the transmission of this virus significantly, is what you're saying? Yes. By up, upwards of 70%. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this all came out yesterday, and I've just been talking with friends. And I mean, one question I keep getting um, that I'd love if you can shed some light on is, right now, the county mask mandate is wearing masks indoors. Um, And last year, we had a ton of different mandates. You were supposed to wear masks if you were outdoors with people from different households and all these different mixtures. Um, So, I mean, just at this point, are we safe being like outdoors with lots of people without masks? Or I guess why this specifically indoors? And does that mean that, you know, we can feel pretty safe outdoors? Great questions. Um, I think this is um, an example of living through science. Um, As we get more data and more information, um, the recommendations and guidelines change. And um, it's it's hard to be in that constant flux of, wait, why are we doing this now? And we didn't do that a year ago. And really it's because we know more. So what we have learned um, is, uh, especially you know right now, that transmission um, is mostly happening in indoor settings um, between unmasked people of different households. And so that's where this recommendation is coming from because that's where the greatest transmission is happening. Outdoors, um, you know, I think there's still a a small chance and, you know, that's obviously being looked at. There's still a small chance there could be some transmission, but the um, risk is much, much lower. Well, listeners, as always, if you have a question, give us a call for Dr. Mahoney, 970-728-4333. I know we were chatting before, and and you had said you kind of were curious just to get a pulse for for where the community is now with COVID and a year and a half into all this. um, What are the things people maybe have questions about, or how are they feeling about all this? So to call and talk to Dr. Mahoney, 970-728-4333. Another... uh, statistic we always like to check in on as you say we keep learning new things um is vaccines and the fact that you know i have a couple friends that have had breakthrough cases of covid and they're vaccinated so just at this point in the pandemic you know what do we know 
continue to learn about how effective the vaccines are against Delta, against these variants, and how safe should people who are vaccinated, how safe should they feel? Great question. So um, what the data shows overwhelmingly is that if you have been vaccinated and you have a breakthrough case of COVID, so you still get COVID even though you're vaccinated, the likelihood of you dying or even needing to be hospitalized is close to zero. Um, right now, what we're seeing in hospitals all across this country is the overwhelming majority, like 96 to 99% of patients hospitalized for COVID are unvaccinated. So the benefit of being vaccinated is that you're not gonna die from this virus. Um, another benefit is that you are less likely to get it in the first place. Um, with the Delta variant, the um, what we're what we're seeing locally is about 45 percent or so of our cases over the past couple of weeks have been breakthrough cases, um, and I think almost that, half. Yep, almost half, and so that shows the virility or you know the strength of the virus um, that it, it is able to break through the vaccine. But in those people, um, none of them have been hospitalized or had severe, severe illness. Gotcha. So vaccinated people getting it, what you're saying is we're still seeing it's like a bad cold. Exactly. All right. Um, another unknown that we just like to keep checking on, especially at this point in the pandemic when things are changing and evolving and staying constant all at the same time, um, you know, is kids. And I think there was a lot of uncertainty about kids and COVID at first. And then we got this message that kids actually don't get COVID that bad. They don't transmit it much. Then Delta came in and it just seems like things are changing. So where are we at this point with understanding how much at risk unvaccinated kids are when it comes to COVID um, and, and how much, if any, Delta has changed that? Uh, another great question. So, yeah, kids um, in the in the beginning of all of this, the thought was that kids don't get it. <laughs> and, and that, um, you know, was was soon proven to not be true. We were seeing kids get it, but not at a, um, a significant rate, the same as people 18 and over. Um, what we have seen with the Delta variant is um, a dramatic increase in the rate of infection, hospitalization, and death in kids aged 0 uh, through 12 um, who are unvaccinated, you know, or 0 through 11 who are unvaccinated. So none of them are eligible for vaccine yet. Um, specifically, the 6 through 11-year-olds have been the most marked um, increase in hospitalization and death in the past. And this is just in the past, like four to six weeks around this country. But when you say an increase, cause I know at first the starting numbers were just really, really low for kids getting hospitalized and, and having serious yes. complications from this. So with that increase, I mean, where are we? Is it, is it, is it a serious increase or is it even with the increase still a small number? It's, so it's gone from about 9% of total cases to 14% of total cases. Nine, and, and that's not in this county that those are national numbers. 9% of total cases are people under 12 at first, and now it's 14%. Yes. Gotcha. And with complications? That statistic is actually for 18 and under. Okay. Yeah. So the, the pediatric population at large. 
but then I guess the follow-up would be, are we seeing that more people, more young people are getting it? Is it seem like it's worse with Delta and young people or yes. do we, it is? Mm -hmm. Can you say how much worse? <laughs> I don't have those statistics um, off the top of my head. They are um, available on the CDC website and actually on the, the New York Times COVID tracker. Um, you can search by age range. And there's good data there. Um, so I don't have the specific numbers, but it's been um, near, nearly double the hospitalizations and deaths pr to pre-Delta. Mm -hmm. So the follow-up to that follow-up then um, is that we're saying vaccines, though, are a major tool to help prevent serious complications from illness. Absolutely. And currently 0 to 12-year-olds are not eligible for vaccines. What is the update right now and when we're feeling like that could become a reality? That's a little bit of a moving target. So it, we um, initially thought that um, sometime in the middle of the fall that might be um, coming to fruition. But um, the FDA just asked uh, Moderna and Pfizer um, or Pfizer for uh, more participants in their studies to get uh, more numbers. Mm -hmm. So that'll take a little more time. Um, we suspect it'll probably be more, you know, Christmas time, beginning of the year. Gotcha. Um, can you paint a picture for us, though? I mean, in a world where people zero to 12 are now suddenly eligible for vaccines, does that radically change things? Yes. I think it radically, will radically change things the same way that when adults were able to get vaccinated, um, it radically changed things. So um, right now, um, a large part of our population is unvaccinated, not because they're not choosing to be, but because they um, aren't eligible to be. And so, um, you know, once we're able to get that population vaccinated, our whole, you know, that's when we start to be able to reach a point of herd immunity. Right now, there's even if we vaccinated 100% of 12 and ab above who, who are, you know, eligible, we wouldn't reach herd immunity just because of the, the numbers. So being able to vaccinate the entire population, um, we will actually be able to reach herd immunity, which would then start to dramatically decrease case counts and transmission um, all across the board. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, it's our noon coronavirus update. We are joined by Dr. Christine Mahoney, Medical Director of Primary Care at the Telluride Medical Center. And if you have any questions for Dr. Mahoney about COVID, about masks, about how we prevent this virus, about vaccinations, give us a call 970-728-4333. Again, that number is 970-728-4333. Um, another big piece just in all the decisions our local governments are making around COVID isn't just the prevalence in the community, but also how our regional hospital partners are doing mm -hmm. because we don't want hospitals to be overwhelmed by COVID patients or a combination of COVID patients and flu patients or the like. Um, so at this point, I mean, from the med center's perspective, I mean, what are things looking like with our regional partners? Are we seeing a continued strain like we saw or last year, earlier this year as well, or what's the picture looking like? Yeah. Um, thanks for asking. Cause that's something that um, does it's on our minds all the time, especially our emergency room. Uh, team. And over the past week, we have not been able to transfer two patients to our typical transfer hospital, to St. Mary's Hospital 
in Grand Junction because they had no ICU beds. Um, and these two individuals had to go much farther away to get ICU care. Um, so the stories we're hearing about people not being able to find beds is happening locally. Thankfully, we, you know, we have um, a very collaborative system across the state. And so, um, so far it hasn't, you know, dramatically delayed care for these patients. Um, but it, there's definitely a strain on, are we going to be able to get this place, this person to the right place quickly? Gotcha. And is there any sense that that could maybe alleviate in the coming weeks or what, I guess, when we're thinking about trajectories, what is that looking like right now? Um, our current trajectory is an upward swing. Gotcha. Um, the major change we've had yesterday, as we've said, is this mask mandate. There aren't other, there are not other restrictions though. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, just from your perspective as a medical provider, um, what are your advice, I guess, for how people should be behaving right now? I think we're in this spot where we're trying to find a balance between government mandates and individual behavior. Um, so if people are saying, how should we as individuals choose to behave right now? Um, what are your recommendations beyond the current indoor mask mandate? If you have any beyond that. Yeah. Um, great question. So just my, I guess I'll start by reflecting on my own, um, personal behavior. Um, even over the past, for, for the past month, I've been wearing masks indoors, going into the public spaces, not just work, but also, you know, the grocery store and, um, stores in town. Um, and just a couple weeks ago, I started, um, uh, asking people who are coming into my own home to wear a mask and, um, starting to gather, with friends outdoors instead of indoors. So because of this change, those are some of the habits that I um, had already started um, along with a lot of other people in the, in the community. Um, the, so some of that um, is because I have two unvaccinated, uneligible to be vaccinated children at home and um, the risk of them, you know, getting ill is higher than, than me. Um, so part of, that's what I feel like is part of my duty as a parent to protect them. Um, the, so I, so I think some of, some of this is personal, you know, like what is your personal household risk and how you want to, um, manage that. And then some of it also is, is, um, how much you know, risk could you be bringing to your community members? Um, because really this isn't about any one of us or as an individual, but it's really about the health of our whole community. Masks is one of the most effective ways for preventing spread, um, mask, masking indoors. And so taking that really seriously, not just out in the, in these public spaces, but also considering that at home too. Um, you know, who you're interacting with. A couple weeks ago, um, you know, Grace Franklin had, had talked about mentally we should be going back into that thought process of um, socializing in pods and, you know, how many people, sort of understanding the behaviors of the people you're connecting with. And if you're, if you're un uncertain of vaccination status or people's 
risk of infection, you know, maybe have that gathering outside rather than inside. So I think there are some things on a like personal level from the social perspective that could be, um, could be shifted. Mm. Listeners, another call for calls. If you have a question for Dr. Christine Mahoney, 970-728-4333. What is getting out of this look like from your perspective? Because last year we were in this restrictive phase, but kind of the light at the end of the tunnel was vaccinations. And then vaccinations came out and a lot of people got them. Um, but now it seems like we're having a resurgence. Delta's here. It is impacting even vaccinated people, which can maybe feel make things feel a bit hopeless. Um, what is the change that you see that could happen in the next weeks or months that maybe gets us back to a less restrictive phase since now it feels like we're veering toward additional restrictions again? Um, herd immunity is going to be the end-all be-all. Um, we have not had that. And I think a lot of people who um, got vaccinated, we all just want this to be over, right? <laughs> and and getting vaccinated is, and everybody who did their part to take that um, first step over the past year, um, you know, we're committing and ready for this to all be over. But um, it's easy to forget about that large part of our population, the zero to 12 year olds who are not vaccinated. And until they are able to be and are, um, we're not going to be out of this. Um, that being said, you know, people who um, are not currently vaccinated who are eligible, um, that's also a big factor. You know, one of the pieces of not being out of this is seeing the severity of illness and death and the strain on our healthcare systems. Um, and mostly from the COVID perspective, that's from people who are not vaccinated for whatever reason, whether that's a choice they made or they're not eligible. Um, for people who are you know, currently making a choice to not be vaccinated, I encourage them to reach out to discuss it with their healthcare provider um, if they have questions. Um, because um, sometimes it's a matter of just, you know, needing to talk it out with somebody and understand the risk and the benefit and all of that. So um, that was a long-winded answer to what's going to get us out of this, but the vaccines and the vaccines in the majority of our entire population. Have you found yourself having more conversations with people who previously didn't want to get vaccinated who now came and said, hey, doc, now I'm having more thoughts about this. Can I chat with you about this? Are you, are you having those or not really? Yes, I have had a mix of um, conversations surrounding um, vaccines and whether or not um, an individual should should get a vaccine. And it's really um, been a wide range of people's questions or reason for feeling hesitant about it, um, which is why I encourage people to call um, to talk with one of uh, their providers to um, really talk it out because every for a lot of people there are so many individual circumstances that's making that a really difficult decision um, and we want to help support people in that mm. um, what is your sense and I realize I'm asking you to, to predict things and, and you know make predictions so with that caveat just what's your sense of uh, what at least the next few months are going to look like do you see things getting better getting worse are we heading back to what last winter looked like? What, what do you feel things are going to look like now through maybe January or February? 
I'm pausing because it's it's truly hard to know. Mm. Um, I think our upward trajectory right now is consistent with some other countries who have experienced a surge with the Delta variant. Um, and if we follow along like we have throughout this whole pandemic, um, the next six to eight weeks, we will likely see a lot more cases and a lot more hospitalizations and death. Um, I don't have a good sense for predicting beyond that into December, January. You know, I thought, I think a lot will depend on these, um, on people adhering to um, protective measures like the mask mandate. Um, it'll depend on more people getting vaccinated. It'll depend on um, the availability for are 11 and under to get vaccinated. Um, so a lot of those factors are really going to change the trajectory. All right. We will put out one last call, listeners. If you have a last-minute question for Dr. Mahoney, give us a call, 970-728-4333. And in our final minutes, Dr. Mahoney, I will just once again hand the mic to you for any closing thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to reiterate that if anyone's interested in getting vaccinated to go to the county website um, they have all the information on um, where and when you can get vaccinated um, as well as um, our pharmacies locally and regionally um, for testing opportunities um, all of that information is also on the county website and it talks about the testing opportunities through the county and through the med center so there's a lot of information there all about the sort of regional COVID response. Um, and if anybody has concerning respiratory symptoms that they want evaluated to call the med center. Dr. Christine Mahoney is the medical director of primary care at the Telluride Medical Center. Dr. Mahoney, thank you as always for jumping in and chatting about COVID. Listeners, thank you, as always, for tuning in. The San Miguel County website, sanmiguelcountyco.gov, has a ton of information. Oh, and in the final seconds, we're getting a call. Let's see who it is. Oh, we lost him. Listener, if that was you, try again. We'll give you a, a few more seconds to, to jump in or not if you if you were phone shy. Um, but the county website, sanmiguelcountyco.gov, a great resource for a ton of COVID info. We're getting it again. Let's see. Hi, you're live on Coda. What's your question? There's been a lot of talk about booster shots. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Thanks for your question. Thanks so much. I totally forgot to talk about it, so I appreciate the question. Um, yeah, bo booster shots uh, for um, Pfizer is available right now um, for immunocompromised people and um, booster shots um, we suspect for Moderna are going to open up um, in the next couple weeks um, and they will the recommendation for then both um, Pfizer and Moderna will be for eight months um, eight months after your second vaccine that you'll be eligible for a booster and statistically what we've seen so far um, is that people who have received boosters, um, and this is from data from across the world, um, where boosters have been available, the, the likelihood of um, even contracting COVID dramatically goes, goes down. Um, so 
the likelihood of breakthrough cases um, then, you know, really decreases. So I absolutely will recommend booster shots. And we'll have more information, you know, as it becomes available um, over the coming weeks. So keep your eye out for the news blasts from the county and from the Med Center. We'll try to keep you updated. Another data point we keep checking in on is this question of, um, you know, how effective are vaccines over time? And I know one debate that's been raging is are increased breakthrough cases from less effective vaccines or more transmissible Delta variant? And do we have any more clarity on that if people should feel that their vaccine effectiveness is waning significantly over time? We know that the vaccine wanes over time, um, which is the whole, you know, goal of the booster is to um, boost that immunity again. Um, I think what data is showing is that it's probably a combination of both that um, waning um, immunity um, and the strength of the Delta virus that causes the breakthrough cases. Um, we certainly have seen, you know, a number of breakthrough cases in folks who are immunocompromised. And so the thought there is maybe they never mounted a large enough response to, to the vaccine. Um, so they were more likely to have a breakthrough case. Um, we're still gathering a lot of data about that, but those are some of the, the theories that are out there. All right. Well, if you are immunocompromised, it sounds like reach out about getting a booster. Yes. And if you are not, stay tuned for info about getting a booster eight months after your second dose. Correct. All right. Um, Dr. Christine Mahoney, Medical Director of Primary Care at the Telluride Medical Center. Thank you again, again. Um, county you. website is a great spot for info. The Med Center, if you have any medical questions, 970-728-3848. As always, if you have an emergency, please call 911, and we will be back next week with another COVID update, and we'll have COVID info on our nightly newscasts as well because things change a lot. They don't change a lot. Things, things just change as we are learning throughout this pandemic. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I'm Matt Hoish from the Kodo News Team. This is KOTO Telluride.